My name is William Del Pilar, and you are watching Points on the Board with my good friend, Big John. And guys, I am loving our shows. Each week, John, we improve. We're doing so many things, but yet we're still doing our best to stick to our schedule and do these podcasts. Because I got to be honest, I do think our podcasts, uh, they're not over the top of me being Latino. You know me. I'm going to state how I feel about certain issues that other podcasts won't. I don't know if you cringe, smile, or what. What's your reaction, John? Oh, my reaction is I think I've been awesome from the get-go. <laughs> there you go, people. And it's going to be another awesome show tonight. We're going to talk about the latest breaking news in Deshaun Watson. We're going to talk about Herschel Walker. And it may make you cringe, fellow conservatives, but we must speak truths when they are out there to be talked about. And finally, we're going to close it out with Gronk. Gronk. Bob Gronkowski and his retirement. You know, John, you pose a great question off camera we're going to talk about, but I've got to be honest. Whenever I think of Gronk, I don't think of greatness. I think of an injury-prone uh, tight end, you know, and, and that's not to say he wasn't great. It's just that guy had some brutal injuries, he did. He did. you know, in his career. So so when I see him, I think that, and then I think of the Aaron Hernandez pairing, the great mm. one-two punch. <laughs> I'm sure they look back at those shower scenes differently. Yeah, in, in more ways than one. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. So let's get going. Let's start out with Deshaun Watson. There was sure. breaking news, and Big John, oh, hold on. I think we got some breaking news here, John. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, we do. Hold on, let me let me pop it up. Thank you all for attending. I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I have to get back to counting all the money that I suckered the Cleveland Browns into giving me. But before I go, as to the question of the allegations made by some women against my Johnson, I have never ever disrespected any woman. I love women. As a matter of fact, my mother's a woman. But like the great Jay-Z said, I've got 99 problems and 66 of them are bitch related that's all for now thank you for your time all glory to jesus peace y'all and we are back big john Thank goodness we have a great news-breaking team. I haven't seen that since we had 32 beat reporters at KFFL. Some good stuff. I know, and thank God we have your experience as someone who knows how to build a new staff because um, I think with these guys on the case going forward, we'll be much more value to our viewers. So I'm glad we have those guys on board. But let's talk about Deshaun Watson. It came out today, 20 of the women have settled out of court, and mm. possibly the other four looking to settle. What does this mean? We're not sure yet because the right. NFL still has to come down with their suspension. And if you look back at their history, most of the people they've suspended have not been convicted of anything. Right. And at the end of the day, I still think it's very devastating that he had happy ending relations with at least – 66 women 24 who are taking him to civil court and it did come out last week and this is again not to get you political but this is why i call it fake news media i only saw that story in one spot a police officer who was investigating it said she believes that deshaun watson is guilty of some criminality which goes to my belief and to pretty much what's that saying uh, a district attorney can indict a ham sandwich if he wants to believe right. And OutKick came out maybe a week or two ago, and it's the only place I've seen that, that there, that, that there should be an investigation into the relations between uh, Watson's attorney and the district attorney, which, going into the conspiracy side, which is fun to say, but it's not because the money's documented, the Houston district attorney is a Soros uh, elected attorney, meaning she was funded uh, by Soros, the bulk of the money. And Soros, for people who don't know, sets up 
these PACs or these nonprofit organizations. And that's how he did it. So for example, ACORN, remember ACORN mm -hmm. from around 2012? That was a George Soros funded. It was one of his nonprofits who he was putting money into that was funneling that money into ACORN. So it, it's kind of like a soap opera. And, and I've thrown a lot at you, uh, John, but real quick, what's your thought process on the fact that 20 of the 24 women have settled their contracts. We don't know for how much. So one, how much do you think on average each woman got? And then what are your thoughts? Oh, I have no idea what they got, but- uh, Oh, come I mean, on, big it, man. It's gotta be substantial, obviously, if the attorney signed off on it, because he gets a third of it. So, um, you know, I'm sure he made his coins. He wanted to make that as valuable as possible. Listen, Deshaun Watson, we've said it all along. He needs to make these go away. Now, by hook or by crook, he's got to make it go away. He's got guaranteed money in Cleveland, which we all thought was a mistake on the part of the Browns. Um, certainly the other 31 owners in the NFL think that was a mistake because now you hear Lamar Jackson wants the same guaranteed money. You know, so financially, it was one of the worst for a lot of different reasons. The Browns effed up that one big time. Um for Deshaun Watson as a player, he needs to get this out of the way because like you said, whether he's convicted of a crime or not, the NFL is going to suspend him. Like you said, the precedent is there. They don't need a legal conviction. All they need is to invoke the best interests of the game clause that's standard in every player's contract. So you, people could say, well, look, no women want to watch any NFL until you get some sort of punishment Deshaun, just like, with Michael Vick, you know, like do how many people actually <laughs> cared about him killing dogs? You know, I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm sure some people did, but I'm sure it wasn't enough where nobody would watch NFL games anymore. Is oh, yeah, I, mean. I still watched it. <laughs> right. So, so we already know what the NFL does and we also know how they protect certain players. We get it. It's, it's very much not dependent on the actual criminality involved right the the convictions that may or may not exist so it's so, the image the nfl wants to they, they want to portray a certain image so so my guess is that um as soon as possible he he wants to get rid of every possible case that he can which this is a good start for him and then the the sooner the better because then the sooner he could start his suspension whether it'll be a half year or full year you know i i don't know 10 games i don't know Whatever it ends up being, because uh, I'm sure his argument will be like, hey, I didn't get convicted of a crime. Well, so that, that, that's a baseless argument based off precedent. But if I was him, the argument I would use is take a guess. I don't know. Well, Robert Kraft got his little happy and he didn't do anything to him. He got a minor slap on the wrist. Right, right. Now, there's two thought processes. They're the owners. Suck it up. It doesn't matter. Nothing's going to happen. And he's actually a popular owner and he's popular around the country. Uh, there's been no conspiracy, no bad news outside of that. But that said, if I'm the Watson camp, I am screaming uh, 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 the blue heaven, but it could backfire because at the end of the day, you're talking 66 happy endings. And my take on this is it was a nightmare waiting to happen. What is it? What's a term when you get comfortable? You don't think anything's going to happen? Complacent. Complacent. He got complacent because he was a protected man. When his stuff happened, it happened during the BLM riots, the George Floyd, touching anything black at that time in that way, white owners, white NFL, it was a no-go. So they kind of hit him away for a year. I And people, if you don't like me saying that, suck it up. It's the truth. You know, it's a simple truth. And I say that as a Latino who watched this, you know, looking at it from, from that perspective. But that's, and I'm saying this kind of, this is my opinion, not Big John's, you know, but that said, by hiding him away for a year, by paying him not to play, he got complacent. You know, people say, he, he says, I'm, I, I'm innocent. I'm not going to sit there and settle this. And then they throw back in his face. Well, you tried to settle it for a hundred thousand. You know, I believe him in the sense where I'm not going to settle it because I'm innocent. But when you're looking at such a cheap number at a hundred thousand, based on what you make, and this is yeah, one you should, contract, you should, yeah, just do it. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Just do it, especially, especially since it cost him what he wanted, which was a trade to the Dolphins. Like every everyone and, seems uh, to agree. I and, forgot about Yeah, that. and like Stephen Ross, uh, Miami owner, basically said, I'm, I'm not taking on that risk. Sorry, I love Deshaun Watson as a player, but I'm not taking on that kind of risk. So good for him. But hold on, 
he was supposedly willing to pay Brian Flores a hundred thousand a game to lose. Something doesn't add up there in the philosophical belief, you know? No, because paying Flores to lose, if he did that, um, Paying Flores to lose isn't a criminal offense, and it's not something that'll keep people away from the stadium, right? Because, you know, you got the first round pick, you got the number one pick overall, at least that's what you were trying to do. And tanking, although it's technically against the rules. Well, hold on, John. So fixing the game is illegal, right? Yeah. So technically, that's if he's telling his coach to lose, he's saying fix the game so we don't win. Um, I, I, under, I, 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 I don't know. I'm asking. I, I hear that argument and that's why no one ever admits to it because there's all these betters. Right. But my contention, oh, yeah, the lawsuits. yeah, my contention is that every better knows when a team is tanking and they take advantage of it. That's why the lines move crazy with Vegas when the team's 0 and 14, right? Because, you know, the part of the expectation in any sport is that a bad team's going to tank for a better draft pick. So, Especially in the NFL, where the the difference between one and two can be so so great at times in certain Peyton years, right? Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. Yeah, look at that. Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. Uh, you know, when you had Reggie Bush and Clowney and all those guys, right? So, I mean, the truth of the matter is that it's it's against the rules, but every single fan, every single gambler, every single Vegas bookmaker understands tanking happens. So, I think it's a little bit different like that. With John. Those are insiders. I mean, because uh, I'm not a gambler. I've said I have an addictive personality, but I know somebody who worked for Bill Billy Walters. And if you don't know who Billy Walters is, he's one of the greatest gamblers in the history of the right. game. And uh, uh, he would, when I would read articles, it's like what was so impressive is he could move the gamblers like him that bet in the sure. ten swing, but they can move lines. And I right. remember reading an article that moving a line is actually very difficult it can happen but it takes like you said something big coming out and all the fans shift their bet and that moves the line so tanking games that's not really one of those move the lines it's what the insiders may know but my i'm not saying i'm right and you're wrong i'm saying that what about that perspective from that because that's what i've kind of read no no i don't think so because what i'm saying is the the tanking is probably baked into the spread so oh, okay, gotcha. right so like for example if uh, let's say you're you're the owen um owen 11 texans and you're playing the packers okay, right the detroit lions the owen 16 detroit lions okay <laughs> even better the, the owen 15, right lions. so if you're the lions towards the end of the year and and you're fighting to get the number one overall pick potentially right or the jaguars right <laughs> The line, the, the odds makers have already baked the fact that they're tanking and that they have losing momentum into the spread. Gotcha. So there's probably gotcha. a three, four point uh, on the coverage. plus side for them coverage, right? So that's how fans are aware of it. And that's how Vegas compensates. Okay, we kind of know they're going to throw the game. So that's why we're giving them even more points. They have to make it hard not to cover, right? Almost to the point where it would be so obvious that they're tanking because it, right. like they're getting plus 17 or plus 15, right? right so right. that's what I meant that it's already baked in, but nobody really cares. Now, on the other hand, the public perception of your fan base saying, hey, we've got a sexual predator that we traded four, five, six picks for. Is that happening, John? I mean, when I look at fan bases, they seem to excuse everything. Uh, like, I've seen some of the reactions online of some of the Cle Cleveland fan base, um, and it's been pretty severe. Like, our friend Gary Davenport, who's a writer for um, multiple sites, I think he's at Deadspin. Uh, not Deadspin, he's at Bleacher Report, he's at Fantasy Sharks. Um, Oh, that's I, right. I've heard the name. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, he's a great NFL uh, writer and fantasy writer, a uh, colleague in the FSWA. Um, lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. Lifelong. Swore them off. The second they signed, Desha they traded for Deshaun Watson, swore them off. He's become, he announced he's becoming a Bengals fan. Uh, staying staying in Ohio, but switching to the Bengals. Yeah, you know, yeah. I guess in that ba Bengals-Browns rivalry is sort of like going from Auburn to Alabama or vice versa, you know. I mean, those are serious rivalries. Somebody right. who does that isn't seen as a true fan. It's like, it, in, 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 in Alabama, you're either part of the Tide or you're a Tiger. And if you're in the top part of the Tide, obviously you've been happy the last 20 years. Right, right. Tiger. But, and, but and, same thing and, with Tar Heels in North Carolina State. UNC yeah, University. you're right, you're right. And and so, or Duke, right? So, I, I, so yeah. I mean, 
the 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 point is there have been a lot of Cleveland fans that have said we're, we're not happy with the fact that you brought a perceived sexual predator onto your team. We don't want to win at that cost. So they've had some, and especially with what they paid them, uh, the two hundred thirty-two million guarantee money. So there has been feedback. That's that's a different type of feedback. But like you said, the point is. Deshaun Watson, did he do the right thing? Yeah, settle, man. You should have done it a while ago. You know, if the ones that didn't want to settle, then you then you go to court. But, like, settle, get it out, have them sign NDAs. They can never talk about it, or else they owe you money plus interest. Just do the Trump thing. Give them an NDA, and then if you talk, you owe me money plus, you know? You, know, uh, you get to pay me then. So I think that's the way to approach it, quite honestly. You know, I got to be honest. I, uh, I think said that that settlement, of those 20 women may have been 10 to 15 million, maybe up to 20 million. <clears throat> this was becoming a nightmare for him. Like you said, some of the fans, right. uh, but for the first time I did see a tie to crap, which is a positive for, 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 for Watson. But outside of that, I think this tide began to turn when it went from what was 22 to 24 women. And that kind of came out of nowhere. And then the, it became a disaster when the New York times uh, uh, release that story of at least 66 women. 66 now, you women. and I have discussions off camera all the time uh, to, 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 to the country and to the listeners. John and I battle back and forth over what we want. I, I have no shame in saying that because that's how you build greatness, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You have to be honest and battle. And, and one of the things that, uh, we battle on is perception. And at least, so he's had happy endings with at least 66 women, but only 24 have complained. Oh, and see, that came out wrong. You know, what I'm saying, out of the 66, 24 complain. But when you see at least 66 women in your mind, you're thinking, oh, my God, those are 66 women he was a predator towards. Right. So I think once that happened, the domino, those great little domino things you see, just yeah, went down everywhere and ended laying flat on his bank account with the, 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 the reality, yeah. I got to pay up. Because the more it went, and with the precedent set in baseball to an innocent man who had consensual rough sex with a gold digger, you know, and then got suspended. I forget his name, but the pitcher for the L.A. Dodgers. I think he may be a Cy Young winner, if I remember uh, correctly. Wasn't it Bueller? Uh, I can't remember, but two years suspension, and it was consensual. And even the courts recognized, this is a bad lady here, you know. So I think with all that precedent, it was just we were looking at a minimum of one year and possibly worse. That's what the NFL was looking at. But with the Kraft situation, how much effect do you think Kraft will have his happy ending? And it's funny. This is terrible to say, but the next sailor, I'm not picturing Kraft there. I'm not going to say how I'm picturing it. But let's just say it's not impressive watching an old 60, 70-year-old no. man with a happy ending. I, I don't think it'll make any difference legally. I don't think it'll make any difference in terms of what the NFL does. It you don't might, think so? I think it I think it might make a difference in perception if Watson is treated too harshly. Um what's too harshly in your eyes? Two years? Is one year too harsh in your eyes? Yeah. Yeah. I think one year is perfect because of the 66 women. I think had it been the 24 or 22 to 24 and he settled out of court. Six games. It would uh, uh, I think, uh, I think on, they wanted to go easy on him. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I think ten sounds about right to me. Ten or twelve, because at I mean, the end, of, yeah. at the end of the day, there's been no crime committed. Despite well, what doesn't matter, it doesn't no, no, matter. No, I, I understand that, but I'm saying, despite what people may think, unless something happens in the near future, no crime has been committed. And don't think that the Browns aren't pressuring the NFL like we paid this guy a lot of money. I mean, that you're talking about reality on. and perception, right? Hold on. Are they going to have – they may say that, but the NFL is like, you're the idiot who guaranteed the contract. That's your problem, not mine. Uh, uh, that's that's what, what I would expect the NFL to say back. That's, that's what they're saying publicly, but let's not forget Goodell is an employee of 32 owners. Who don't like the Cleveland Browns owner right now. Okay. Right now, no. I mean, I don't know how many – but would you think it's safe to assume that the Browns probably have minimal allies in this battle? I, I would agree with that statement, yeah. Because yeah. They, they economically, like you said, now every quarterback who hasn't won a Super Bowl yet is going to want $230 million. And then the question is, if you're paying non-winners $230 million guaranteed, what do you pay the winners? 
exit. See, and that's what people don't understand once precedence is set. The next scrub that has half mediocre uh, uh, staff is going to demand it. And people go, well, what's the matter with that? Well, if I got a family, I want to go to the game. I'm sick and tired of having to pay 400 bucks to go enjoy one Sunday and then deal with three hours of uh, right. parking uh, to get out of there. Right. And it is costing because you think they're going to pass the, the buck to themselves? No, it's passed to us. And here's what people don't realize. The players actually earn more out of all the collective money from, uh, 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 from ticket sales and things like that. Not TV. That, that, that's their big issue. But they earn more than the owners do. So the owners have given. Because at the end of the day, the owners put the bill. And it's not that I'm – this is nothing – I'm bringing this up because we always talk uh, politics, identity politics, all this. This has nothing to do with that. This has to do with who's taking the risk, you know, and it's always the owners. Now, granted, over the last 50 years, that's kind of – become a bit of a laughing joke considering we put the bill for their stadiums now and things like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to pay all the bills. It's, it's why the USFL is such a big risk, you know, uh, for Fox right now. Right. So you're saying 10 games is what you would do. What do you think they're going to do though? I think Putting you on the spot. I, I, I think they'll probably suspend them for the year. Do you think they can get away with suspending them uh, for the year? Because that's been, remember, sometimes the media can drive the narrative. That's what the media has been talking about a year, a year. Do you think yeah, NFL I, looks at it? It's out there already. Let's just do yeah, a year. Yeah. I Look, it was obvious last year that the NFL is trying to avoid getting involved. Like last year, people don't realize it was the Texans that sat Watson, not the oh, NFL. Oh. That's my next question. I was, I'm sorry, I forgot about it. I wasn't looking at my notes, but what do you make of the of the Houston Texans helping him with a posh hotel room and, and the NDA? Is this I, perception I, versus reality. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think anything's going to come of that. Oh, I think so. These are the PR nightmares that teams and companies hate to deal I, with. Per, personally, I mean, I don't think anything's going to come of it. Because, like, like I, I think we said this a couple of podcasts ago, teams are in the business of protecting their best players. And if this guy says, hey, man, I need a hotel room to be able to do my thing in, like, all the Texans have to do is claim, like, hey, he just wanted a secure place. Like, all we did was provide a safe place for him. We don't know what happened behind closed doors. We didn't hear about no rapes. We didn't hear about no assaults. Uh, he just told us he needed a place for the evening to, to entertain a lady or two. Oh, no, I believe you, because I truly believe that's probably what happened. Yeah. They probably had no clue. Yeah. And this is why you have the rule. Never mix. It doesn't matter what industry. There's right. a rule at every job. Your personal life is your personal life. We don't want to get involved in, unless it affects our job. Then we're going to get involved in likely a negative fashion. Right. You know? so, so you're right. This was about taking care of their star player, and it's blown up. I think there's going to be pushback with that, maybe not in the public, but legally behind the scenes with Harden, right. you know, to try to minimize that. And, and I think Deshaun Watson, it, he may not be right at the end, but he's got those two legitimate issues. Uh, 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 little Man Crafts, uh, happy ending, and uh, uh, the Houston Texans kind of being seen as enabling. I think that will affect it. And you could be right, John, 10 games, you know? I'm hoping for a year. I think a year makes everybody happy. I also think on the final caveat on this, and I'll give you the last word, but my last comment on this is I think they're going to work out a deal where Harden and Watson keep their mouth shut, meaning all camps are happy. Watson understands the position, his lingering for not resolving uh, uh, right. these and yep. putting him in, and the NFL is going to breathe a sigh of relief. We got this taken care of. Wasn't Brady suspended for the play game? Uh, no, I don't think it was. I, it, I it wasn't Brady. It was the Patriots who were uh, punished. You know, okay, they, gotcha, they lost. Gotcha. They lost the pick. They got fined some dollars. Same thing with the videotaping of the other team's practices. You know, they got they lost the pick. They they yeah, got fined. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, any final words on Deshaun Watson? No, yeah. man. I, I'm almost tired of talking about Deshaun Watson. Um, but yeah, I look. I, I just and listen. Uh, I don't think he's a bad man. I don't think he's a bad kid. I, I just think he fell into a habit that a lot of star athletes at a young age fall into. You know, they've got way too much money, way too many women throwing themselves at them, even though in this case, it may not have been necessarily that women were throwing themselves at him. But, you know, like he'll learn, like, you know, people forget, well, how old is he, 23? 
I mean, uh, I think he's older than that. 23, 24, whatever he is. Four years. Yeah. You know? But look, even if he's 25 or 26, right? I Like, I mean, in the overall scheme of things, he's still a kid. You know what I mean? Oh, so, no, John, you're right. You're right. Here's what I would say, because this is what I think you're trying to say. Look, America, he's a young, heterosexual, horny male, which is what every single one of us was at that age. So that's what John's trying to say. He's because we can, I dude, when I was in the military, all I cared was about beer and women. That was it. Yeah. It's not that I have no shame in saying it. I'm just being hundred percent honest with what a man thinks with at that point in life. You're not, hey, you don't, you didn't even rational. have to be in, yeah, you didn't even have to be in the military. I was on Wall Street at that age. What, exactly. do, you think, what do you think I spent every day after the bell rang? What do you think me and my boys were out doing? <laughs> we're out dogging women like all night, you know, and dropping half our salary trying to impress women with, you know, exactly. like thousand dollar suits and expensive cars and the best cognac you could buy after work. You know, like, I mean, I, right now, I wish I had all that money back. You know what I mean? <laughs> because oh, I, yeah. I, I'd be a billionaire yeah. by now. But I mean, you know, there's 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 a lot of that to take into account. So I just want him to get past it and get on with his life, quite honestly. Well, hold on. Did it work? Did what work? <laughs> Throwing all that money, those expensive suits. Eh, I'm a married man. I'm a married man now. <laughs> okay. He is 26. The show. Okay, still a kid. Yeah. yeah so that's kind of what I said. I knew he was a little younger, yeah. but I knew he'd been around. So I figured he was right. post 25. And right. he's actually, he will be in his prime for the next yeah. four to six years. Yeah. You know, he'll be in his physical prime in the next four years. Then he'll be in his uh, mental uh, 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 and physical prime once he hits 29, 30. And I say that because that's when that playbook becomes second nature to you. After I remember Steve Young talking about it, you know, study the playbook, study the playbook right. every year. Then one year you come in, you're like, I don't really need to study playbook. I know it inside and out. You know, right. and, and that's the mark of a good system uh, versus uh, 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 Sam Darnold. People don't realize Sam Darnold went through what three offensive coordinators? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. So, so let's Especially move on to our yeah. next topic. And off camera, John and I uh, got not heated, but uh, uh, we had disagreements. Yeah, uh, sure we do. but we need to speak truths. We need to speak simple truths. And the truth of the matter, I'll start it off, John. Sure. Herschel Walker is a Republican candidate for United States Senator in the state of Georgia. Right. And I hate to say it, he's not a great candidate. He just he's not quick witted enough it, 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 when he's being questioned, so he avoids debates. You know, I'm not saying he's dumb, you know, but that's how he comes across with how he speaks, his actual answers, and it's snowballed, his, all of that. And people out there, conservatives, blacks, leftists, you may think, oh, he's, he's getting close to the line. I'm just telling you what I see in human nature and how people react to that. And here's the reaction. He has a 7% support of black Georgians right now. You know, and, 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 and my issue is that he was chosen. Well, one, he's uber popular. He is extremely, extremely popular in Georgia. So that was a huge reason why he won, but he also won because he got Trump's endorsement and right. like it or not, Trump's base can still come in at 20, 30% of a vote of, a, of an individual's vote. Now I may be exaggerating or maybe not exaggerating enough, but the point is there's enough of that base to elevate any candidate. That's why people are pursuing Trump's vote or they don't badmouth Trump in the hope he doesn't give any endorsement. Right. There's power in those words. Right. Uh, but I just don't think he's a great candidate. He's not knowledgeable on the issues. He doesn't enunciate. And I'm not saying he doesn't speak well. What I'm saying is- I'll say You understand him when he speaks. And sometimes he says things where you understand the generalities of it, but you're going, huh? And, 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 and when you only got 7% of the black, of black support in Georgia and you're an African-American, there's massive problems. His only saving grace is that his opponent is a pastor who is black and preaches abortion in the black community. So he's a self-destructive to his own culture type guy. And honestly, John, I've never, ever heard. There's He's not the only one. But I've never really heard of a pastor condoning and promoting and pushing abortion. That seems so anti-religious in many ways to me. But I could be wrong. I left uh, 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 organized religion uh, years ago. What are right. your thoughts? I kind of have the time there. But what are your thoughts? Well, I agree with you. Look, I'll I'll say some of the things you won't, but I'll say I'm not a Republican. I have no horse in that race. So Herschel Walker is a horrible candidate. 
<laughs> if you're a Republican, you should be cringing at the thought that Herschel Walker is running for the Senate, for the U.S. Senate. To your point, it's not that he's black it's or African-American, whatever the term is. He speaks with that traditional twang and drawl that's associated with people who are not intellectually on the ball, whether it's right. fair or not. Whether it's fair or not, like you said, sometimes it's perception, not reality, right? So right. when you talk to him, and I studied his his interviews today to make sure I wasn't misrepresenting him, but he's exactly the way I remember him from when he played at the University of Georgia, when he played with the Cowboys, when he played with the Vikings, when he played with the USFL Generals. He's like his grammar is atrocious. He right, he, right. There's like, a perception in America. Yes, yeah. in the South. Uh, I, I, after coming to Panama, my dad was in the military. We moved to North Carolina, very South. And there's an ugly perception. Uh, and uh, Herschel Walker at times embodies that when he speaks. Because I've yes. heard my friends, I've heard my conservative minority friends bring that up. So it's not something just white people are bringing up. It's something that that that. Let me give you an example. When when Ladanian Thompson came out of college. We heard him on his first interview, and I couldn't understand him. I, you know, we actually, it was, and then you look at LT now, he's on NFL Network. To me, he's the greatest role model. He overcame his weakness. Yes. He learned. You could tell he went to addiction coach, and you right. could tell he learned how to, because he didn't have a drawl so much as you kind of talk with his mouth. Exactly, down and, exactly. and it was very hard to pick him up, right? Herschel Walker is different in that he's loud. You can hear him. He's not soft-spoken. But what he says, just whether he's intelligent or not, I'm not even going to – he sounds like he's unintelligent. And that's the key. He sounds like he's in, unintelligent. And, and, and that's perception versus reality. Yeah, he, that's what, that's what I'm saying. If perceive that, yes. he, he, he's toast. Now, the reason I brought LT up, though, to finish that point, it, it's not because I wanted him to be a better person and speak better so I could understand him. When I saw LT, I saw one of the nicest football players drafted, uh, uh, kind, yeah. respectful, uh, respectful towards the game he played. And so, smart, and exactly, smart. Exactly. So I was looking at it from a marketing perspective. I'm a marketer. When I look at every single athlete who's drafted, the very this is true. The very first thought I look at is how marketable. My wife will give me the funniest look. I go, baby, that's a good looking man there. Yeah, I can do a lot with that guy, you know, because uh, I'm looking at it from a marketing or, right. or how they speak. And all that. It's about selling the product to the masses. I don't care. I have friends who speak like her. So we laugh, we crack. They crack on me about being the only white Latino they've ever seen. I crack on them. Yeah, but the key is, William, you don't want the people who speak like that speaking for you. That's the difference, right? Like so, right, because he confuses what he says because he doesn't articulate it well enough. Yes, exactly. Again, this, this has to do with communication and getting your message out. And, and the quandary I'm in is, I love Herschel Walker. I grew I, up loving this guy. I, I did too. I think he's a, he's one of the he's like Bo Jackson. He's a natural yes. athlete. Um, and but listen, here's a perfect example to compare the two. Right, physically, they're the same type of guy right Bo Jackson Herschel Walker just guys who never worked out all they did was push-ups and sit-ups all day and they were these monster athletes that fast big like I mean built like tanks ran like gazelles like and and Herschel Walker people don't realize in his in his mid-40s he became an MMA cage fighter uh, like right. out of, and he's a karate guy so athletically physically both him and Bo Jackson amazing but when you listen to Bo Jackson speak even though he's got a little bit of a southern drawl he ne Bo Jackson never comes across as someone who's dim-witted. Again, yeah, I think that's the problem. Is it's not? I disagree with you, John. I don't think he comes across dim-witted. I think when you hear his actual answers, you're like, "What's he talking about?" No, well, I agree with you. I, I'm trying to avoid saying that he is dim-witted. I'm saying he, when you listen, like I listened to an interview he did with a local TV newsman, and he was talking about Warnock, who's his uh, that preacher you mentioned, who's his opponent in the Senate race in Georgia. And literally one of his statements was, do he know what the Ten Amendments be, uh, the, the Ten Commandments be? And I right, said to myself, right, right, right. you know, like, listen, I understand, like, I excuse people who say y'all and, uh, you know, well, I say y'all, right, because I'm, right, I'm a northerner. So to me, that's like, oh, that's a southern thing, right? Uh, or, or to say pop instead of soda, right? But that's a northern southern thing. But when someone says something like, do he know what the Ten Commandments be? 
Well, see, that doesn't bother me, John. What bothers me are when he when he talks uh, without enunciating his point, and I'm actually confused as to well, what's his answer? I think I know where he's going, but I don't. And that's right. where I, and, and my perspective, that's how I'm looking at the voting block. If they don't get that, you're not going to gain some votes that you need. He's yeah. going to get the Trump vote. You know, uh, and well, that's, that's, that's honestly, the... I, ho I hope he wins. I'd rather have him than Warnock who promotes uh, abortion in his own community to be, to, and, to, and who wants to move towards communism. To be honest with you, I wouldn't vote for either one of them. And this is uh, where I, yeah, this is where I draw, exactly. That's where I draw the line, whereas you may not at times. Not no, 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 there's, no, no, hold on. There's a big difference. Herschel Walker uh, 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 may come across as dim-witted, may, may speak a certain way, but we don't yet know. So I'm holding out hope. But that but said, but we, that said yeah. Herschel Walker is not going to do anything to try to destroy the country like Warnock is. You have a child. I have nephews. I have. I look at their future. You yeah. know? And I'd rather have a Herschel Walker who will at least try to think things through, come to the best decision versus Warnock, who is only loyal to a party because it's making him rich and wants to bring in communism. Yeah. Well, well, listen, I don't know about bringing in communism, but but I just don't know Warnock enough, so I'll take your word for it. But oh, Herschel, Walker, Herschel Walker also is someone who's been caught in several lies already. Right, that was my next like, point. He claimed to work for the FBI and the local police. He never did. He claimed oh, to... That. He claimed to have graduated from the University of Georgia. He never did, especially when we saw him leave school early as a junior or, or a sophomore to go play for Donald Trump in the USFL. Uh, people forget that connection. Right, well, let, didn't, didn't they have a draft? Yeah, but he he yeah, played yeah. for Donald Trump. Donald, that, you're implying him and Donald Trump were tight, and that's why he played. No, he no, no. I'm saying I'm, I'm saying him and Donald Trump go back to. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. USFL generals, the first go round in the early eighties, right? No, no, I so, but you brought up Trump, so uh, uh, let's let's get out people thinking we're racist when we're not. We're just trying to show a perspective that we see that others will see, and move on to Trump because to the Trump constituents, you're you're probably not going to like this segment, but I want you to listen because my issue with Trump is there are times he throws us under the bus for his ego and himself. By us, you and, mean? Republicans or conservatives define conservatives, us. Okay, good, yeah, good, good point. Conservatives. Yeah. Uh, uh, because it was the conservatives that got him elected. At the end of the day, he got other votes and all that, but his foundational base was okay. conservatives, including fundamentals. They kept trying to tie every conservative to being a fundamentalist, and that's just absolutely not true. But that base, he would throw us under the bus. I was just telling my wife, if we wanted that wall, we could have got it. But he wanted to play politics with Mitch McConnell, get his friendship. He would also come around every time, and, and I can't think of a specific one, but there were about four or five times this happened. And I can dig it up for next podcast if, if somebody wants to challenge it, where he'd go, I will sign it this time, but not next time. Well, next year would roll around, and he would say the same thing and not stand his ground. And, and that really irked me. Uh, Kavanaugh. That was a compromise, and it almost blew up on his face. So there's been times he's thrown us under the bus, but the most heinous times he's thrown us un under the bus is by abandoning the conservative candidate because that candidate has done something to ruffle his feathers and endorsing the rhino just because he's angry at the other candidate. And, and I can't blame him for what happened with Jeff Sessions, you know? But Jeff Sessions was working magic with the immigration and the border. And my issue is that Trump didn't even care, you know? So he endorsed the Mitch McConnell rhino, you know? So he got mad at Mo Brooks this past cycle. Uh, I wouldn't say Mo Brooks is a true blue conservative, but he's closer to the conservative that I want than his opponent, who Trump actually caught rhino before, uh, caught a rhino. And then down the road, he pulled the endorsement from Brooks and then endorsed her. I'm not stupid. That's what angers me about Trump. And that's why we lost a lot of battles. Trump got too cute. And, and at the end of the day, by getting too cute, wanting to work with McConnell, that was one side of the battle that destroyed us, meaning this is why we're still in this mess. And the other side is he views loyalty to Trump more than the bigger picture. Well, I'm trying to do all these great things. You know, instead, it's like, well, you got to be loyal to me first. And he will flip on you the moment he perceives you don't have that loyalty. But here's the problem. 
Trump does not always return that loyalty back. And my friends, the reason I bring this up to you is you can keep him in check. And we have done that. We've disagreed with him with certain uh, uh, endorsements. There has been pushback, like the Oz, Dr. Oz endorsement. He lost that battle. There was nothing but pushback by conservatives. So it is happening. And my whole issue with Trump is that you betray us at times when you don't have to for your ego. And I will never get over that. I will vote for you. I will applaud what you do. But I will also not hide when I see issues that you're not serving those who you say you're going to serve. And John, that's my take. What's yours? Because I know you really love Trump. Broke back yeah. John and Trump. <laughs> well, listen, what there's I agree with your diagnosis. Trump is a narcissist. He prefers loyalty to principle every single time. This goes back to his business days in New York. He he just couldn't care less how things got done as long as you were loyal to him. And there's four or five people that, amazingly enough, he has not thrown under the bus in his in his business career. One of them is his accountant, who's actually, I think, doing time for him right now. Uh, oh, he, he did throw that guy. That guy threw him under the bus. No, he hasn't yet. He, the guy's son did. But the guy himself did not. His, his accountant did not. The accountant's son did. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the lawyer. The lawyer. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a different guy. But, like, I mean, so there's these people that Trump. And Trump, for him, because, listen, like most petty dictators, the most important thing to Trump is loyalty. They're not principle, not the conservatives, not the Republicans, not even the country. What's most important to Trump is Trump. And you may disagree with me, but going back, that's what's most important to Trump. If it happens to align with what you think is good for conservatism, great. But, oh, no, John, I agree. I agree. Yeah. That is the problem with Trump. Now, the one thing I'll give you pushback on is I expect loyalty in a job. You are a family, you are a job. Now, Trump's a little different because my, we're talking, I've only worked in small business type setups and all that. When you're working with a bigger corporation, we're working billions in assets, not necessarily cash flow, as we know with Trump, but with assets, that's a little different story. But at the end of the day, I'll give some pushback at work. I do demand loyalty, but Politics is not a job, and he seems to have carried what you said over into politics in a very negative fashion. Because I truly believe in my heart, we could have had that law bill if Trump had a, Trump won, and, and supposedly it wasn't close. But he kind of had a mandate in my eyes with Congress and with uh, 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 the people. And if we wanted that, well, we could have had it. He could have pushed it. He could have vetoed. He could have done and, and destroyed some of these uh, Republicans for their primary. We're saying. He could have represented the people and done what was right. And in politics, it's like a war. So what I just said, it's not that I condone, but that's how politics work. But that said, he didn't. You know, so we still have, so what's happened? The border issue has exploded. And like every politician, they love it when a problem doesn't end because they can keep campaigning on it. You know, good and well, if Trump runs in 2024, which I expect him to, Immigration is going to be one of his top things. And my first question is, are you going, what are you going to do to build a wall when your own Republican Party starts to push back? Now, obviously, nobody's going to hear me ask that question, but that's a question every one of us should have. Yeah, look, I, I, Trump's obviously going to run in 2024 unless somehow they manage to pin something on him, uh, Garland, if he decides to do it. But he'll run in 2024. And it'll be the same old thing. It'll be like he'll have his Trump loyalists. They're going to vote for him. They're, they're, I don't really think the issues matter as much to them. I think it's more Trump. Like, personally, I think the Republicans are better served if they run DeSantis uh, because he's more of a traditional conservative. I don't think he's necessarily someone who's got the character flaws that Trump has. So you could be as conservative as you want with DeSantis. But you don't have the the character flaws that a Trump has or 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 um, a Ted Cruz has. You're right, John. And let me tell you a little secret. We just started. We just finished talking about Herschel Walker and the negatives and and perception of how people perceive him. I always said during the debates, I go, Trump is surviving the debates because he's loud and boisterous and obnoxious, but he never gives details. On the issues, it's always that general answer. I go, once you get him in a one-on-one -on -one debate, he's going to get destroyed. And that's what happened. He looked like a dim-witted fool when Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio had him on a debate. I mean, they mocked him. I mean, it was just a pure mockery. And being a Cruz supporter at the time, I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
And I was not shocked when Trump had no honor and chose not to do the final debate with Cruz because he knew Cruz would destroy him. And I don't know why I brought up that point. I just thought it was necessary to show at the end of the day, uh, uh, Trump is not, that's what it was. You brought up DeSantis. Everything Trump is not, DeSantis is. DeSantis is quick-witted with the right answer. He's not afraid to get in your face, but when he talks back and talks to those, to those reporters, it's not demagoguery. He hits him with hard facts of things they have or haven't done. Right. DeSantis would make the better candidate, and we are reaching a point where it's still Trump to lose, but where I think it would have been, say, 70-30, 60-40, Trump over DeSantis, I think we're looking at a, at a 55-45 DeSantis is getting more and more support uh, every day, but at the end of the day, this is still Trump's to lose. Well, and- it it also depends on what the more like it depends what the Mitch McDonalds of the world look. Oh, I don't think. I was going to say there's it's no secret if you ask them like when they're drinking somewhere if they're uh, throwing back the single malt scotch somewhere in a nice bar somewhere in Washington D.C. McConnell will tell you he can't stand Donald Trump. He can't oh, yeah. stand him. But he understands that he's his ticket to getting the 35 percent of the of of the Trump loyalists who want to vote for Trump. Right. So he's not going to do anything politically to piss them off. But the truth of the matter is Mitch McConnell would fall to his knees and thank Jesus if Trump, for whatever reason, was not the candidate in 2024. Oh, I agree. I right. Agree. So. And he's actually one guy who would probably not tell us so, but would be smiling with glee yes, if I Trump agree. was invited. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. In fact, uh, just for the record, because uh, our base here, sports companies tend to be libertarians and conservatives, is I don't think Mitch McConnell's a good human being. I, I view him more vile than Donald Trump because he's been in that Congress for 30 plus years bending us over, no KY jelly, and telling us, are you having fun yet? Are you having fun yet? As we groan and whimper in pain. That's what Mitch McConnell has done to our country. And people get shocked when I say that. Again, here, they get mad when I I say things like that. Well, first of all, my family, my wife, everybody gets mad because of how I say it. But I believe that. And I think that's the problem in politics. At the end of the day, the Mitch McConnells, the Charles Schumer, they're not here to help us. Uh, and that's why Trump got my vote. Oh, and to your point, in terms of why they voted for Trump, again, I've said it the whole time. Trump was their fighter, their champion. Obama was their fighter, their champion. You know, that's how people look at, 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 at people who they want to represent them. They don't look at him as intellectually gifted. That's who we want. If not, if so, Ted Cruz will get elected. You know, we look for fighters. I know in the Latino culture, that's predominant. That's why we get strong men in power who a week later bend us over, but they have guns pointed at us, so we don't have a choice. But, but, but the political world, that is Trump's savior. He is still seen as an outsider. Agree or disagree? Um, I think that shine is worn off a little bit. I think the ones who view him as an outsider at this point are really just the hardcore Trumpers, the QAnon guys. I think, I think the shine of that has fallen off a lot. Like, even if you think, Actually, this- John, you're wrong. I'm interrupting you because 30% of his base is not QAnon. No, I didn't. I didn't put a percentage on it, but I'm saying those types no, of people. When you said it, you gave the perception, and that's my pushback. You know, I'm going to support Trump. The pushback is the perception that they're QAnon voters. That's not true. No, I didn't yeah. say that. I, I said don't even that, know what a QAnon person is. I said the Trump loyalists, the QAnon guys. These are all people who will take a bullet for Trump. That's it. They just love Trump, and that's them. Like when you put all of them in a big bucket, it works out to 30, 35 percent of of the electorate, roughly. But it's um, fair to say every candidate has that base. Who, not not that, that rapid. No, 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 no. In terms of that has been successful. Obama had that base. Trump had that base. Right. Uh, but but uh, like the other, ba- it's weird. It's been, it's like Trump is very cult-like. Um, Obama no, had that to no some extent. Than Obama. No, no, because you're, you're referring to the mainstream media where 95% documented, 90% was documented, or was it 95% of being negative Trump. So so that's pretty, they are, see again, look at the numbers, the voting base, the, the demographics. Obama had like 95%, 98% of the black vote. 
that in and of itself is 13% uh, of his base. Then you add your regular white leftists and you're starting to get up to those Trump numbers. Trump was able to take the dissatisfied blue collar Democratic vote, the fundamentalist vote, which every candidate on the Republican side has struggled because they tend to be, they don't want to get into that battle. Trump, and that shocked me. I was like, damn, he's just going full flesh because that was part of his strategy. So when you look at the numbers, that's what it breaks down. And I'm not trying to push back because I dislike what you're saying. I just want to be accurate here of perception versus reality because all I ever hear is QAnon. Honestly, John, I don't know what a Q, what is QAnon. I don't know what it is. I'm not being sarcastic. I don't know because I've never. I, I, to I'd up. love to tell you, but I don't. We don't have enough time for me to tell is you. It it's that like, is it that it, deep? It's actually quite simple, but. To do it justice, yeah, it would take me half an hour. Are the Proud really... Boys QAnon? No. Okay, because because I've heard the term QAnon. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll explain if you want to make it a topic next show because we're already getting close to an hour. I don't want to spend another half hour on it, but but what I meant to say is there's the very hardcore Trumpers right now are the only ones who who still view them with that sort of awe. The other Trumpers view them, which I think might be the majority of Trump supporters view him as, oh, he's the best guy out there, but he's not infallible. Like, because I know a lot of them felt betrayed when he started admitting that COVID wasn't a hoax, when he, when he admitted to taking the vaccine, um, when he, I forget what it was, one of his rallies after he lost, he oh. showed up wearing a mask or whatever it was. Well, and it's not that, John, uh, and I hate to interrupt you, we're just running out of time, but you bring up a great point with the COVID. As uh, the fact that he was pushing and promoting the vaccine, not because it was the right thing to do, but because he wanted credit for having yeah. been the person to do it. And, yeah. and, and sure, it aligned with most of the pro-vaccine people who wanted to push. But what I saw was that guy's just butthurt. He's PO'd because the media refuses to give him credit. And even the White House, they had the, they had the uh, uh, Biden's aides had to, uh, the, the, the come back out and correct Biden, who said Trump didn't come up with a vaccine right. or didn't produce it at all. But it's a great uh, a final point to put on ego versus reality. He didn't care about the COVID, what it did and all that. Uh, I mean, maybe he did. But my point is he cared more about getting credit for Operation Warp Speed, which was you know, no, no. Listen, I gave I, I gave him credit for that, and I gave him credit for the right to try law. But uh, listen, one of the funniest things I saw out of these January sixth hearings, and I know I'm biased, but it rang so true to me, was when William Barr was testifying, and he said I got summoned into the office of the president, and he asked me to confirm that the election was stolen from him. And when I told him, "You're on, uh, you're, uh, uh, Mr. President." Uh, there was nothing wrong with this election. We couldn't find any evidence of wrongdoing, whether you believe it or not. It's I don't believe issue. it because you can't sit there and do an investigation. It's, 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 not, it's not the issue I'm bringing up. I know, I know, I know. But it he, was his ego. they asked him, what was the president's reaction? And Barr said he started, he looked at me and started screaming, you hate Trump, you hate Trump, you hate Trump. Now, to me, like that, and again, I'm biased, that rings everything I've known about Trump my whole life of living in New York with him in New York. He speaks of himself in the third person. He takes everything personally. It's not just that Barr came to a different conclusion or they disagree. It must be that if 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 he didn't agree with them, it's because he hates Trump. Right. And, that's his ego. And that's his ego. And to me, that was probably the funniest thing so far that I've seen come out of those January 6th hearings. Um, that and Peter Navarro accusing... Um, uh, Look, we haven't seen the other side. Real quick, on um, William Barr, it turns out he made a comment at that hearing about the 2,000 mules, yep. and it turns out the comment he made wasn't even in the movie. So he never saw the movie. He was just speaking out his ass, probably based off what somebody told him. Well, so, uh, hey, that's, hey, a, that's another one that goes in deep, because I heard what he said, and uh, whatever. But, well, have you seen 2,000 mules? I, I have not seen the movie. Yeah, rest my case. No, I said I haven't. I admit I haven't seen the movie. But, yeah, you know. People, I love giving John a hard time. Why? Because he's easy going. But we do have serious discussions and disagreements. Uh, but the key is to respect one another. And we hope you all can do that with each other. Because that's why we're in this mess. All right, Big John. Moving along. We got big news again from a big man. 
tight end Rob Gronkowski. So what, what what's happening with uh, what I view as one of the tight ends who had some of the most devastating injuries happen to any tight end in his career? Well, Gronk announced his retirement again, uh, that he's hanging up the cleats. Now, uh, from uh, several unscientific studies that I've done over the last day, just, just flipping channels, you know, most, most <laughs> channel, uh, surfing studies channel surfing study 101. Yeah. Um, like most of the uh, sports announcers, always, all of them seem to say, well, if he's really serious this time, uh, where does he rank among all the tight, uh, tight ends in history, you know? Um, and, uh, Listen, is he really retiring? I don't know. Maybe it's the type of retirement that around playoff time they decide to talk him back in. If Brady still can talk him into stuff, maybe that's it. Uh, maybe he is really beat up. Because, look, the truth of the matter is he took a lot of punishment. Because oh, as, great as, as great as he was, he's also a big target. People forget. They think it's an advantage to be big. And it is. But that means you're also a bigger target. You take more shots. You can't avoid shots. So someone like Gronkowski has been beat up his entire career, beat up hard, you know, uh, and he plays with a certain style. He's not like one of these um, He's a hybrid tight ends. He get rough and tumble. When he exactly. He, he can block. He, he plays off the line. He plays on the line. So, so let's assume that he, he is serious about retiring. The question becomes, where does he sit uh, among the all-time tight ends? And actually, William, I, I think he has to be considered one of the better. Like, he's definitely a top 10 tight end in all, of all time. He might be in the top seven, maybe top five, because, listen, he's number one in career receptions for a tight end. He's number three in 100-yard uh, – I'm sorry, let me take that. He's number one in number of 100-yard games. He's, wow. number, he's number three in terms of uh, career touchdowns by a tight end. Uh, he's number five in terms of receptions for a tight end, uh, number five receiving yards for a tight end, and number 10 receptions. So, so listen, all the major categories, the worst he ranks is 10, and for a lot of them, he's top five, you know, top three, top five. Um, so, and he's been injured, as you said, so he's missed a lot of time in his career as well. Is he as good as Tony Gonzalez was? Probably not. Is he as good as, um, look, one of my favorite tight ends of all time was Kellen Winslow. But John, to the bottom line question, is he Hall of Fame bound? Yes, without a doubt. He's there a Hall of Famer. He's because, a Hall of Famer. The arguments are, I mean, the arguments are just opinions. Yes. Who you like the most. So, right. for example, when people talk about certain quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, this, that, I'm like, Terry Bradshaw, four rings, period. They may have been better quarterbacks. Four rings, never lost a Super Bowl, which he has over Tom Brady. You right. know, and same thing with Joe Montana, which is three or four. And, and my point is, people can laugh at me, whatever. I'm like, but it's my opinion. So I can scream it as loud as I want, you know, because at the end of the day, they are in the Hall of Fame. And it's a disservice to the players of yesteryear because, well, those players could never have played in this today's game. And I'm like, you're right. Today's player could never have played in that game with right. no helmet. Right. You know, just a leather piece of hair, uh, leather right. piece over your head. So, so don't talk to me about we have the better athletes, but they would not have survived three games. Back uh, then. Listen, yeah. talk to, you know, people look at Joe Namath's career stats and they wonder, how's he in the Hall of Fame? Like, exactly. uh, you know, and then you stop and wonder like, OK, but did you know that every time Don Maynard came off the line, they could tackle him? Like it, it wasn't pass interference if you if you bumped them out of bounds or you tackled them or clotheslined them before the ball got thrown. So uh, look, uh, Mel Blunt was so good at that that they had to change oh, the I rules. That's what? right, that's right, that's right. The Steelers are my team. Well, here's the other thing. Joe Namath is a great example too of stats. Uh, so for example, Terrell Davis and Joe Namath. It wasn't their stats that got them in. Denver got their Super Bowl because of Terrell Davis. Right. All John Elway was was an uglier, wider-looking Dan Marino. That's all he was. And, and without Dan's numbers, Dan's numbers were much better. Then they got Terrell Davis. Then they went two Super Bowls. I just saw that tweet on that. It aggravated me. Y'all act like Elway carried him. No, he did not. That helicopter ride, that flip that he did in right, 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 the Super Bowl. Minimized yeah. the, uh, 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 his career. I mean, they were blown out of Super Bowls. Then you have right. Joe Namath. Joe Namath, to me, is in the Hall of Fame for one reason. 
he saved the AFL and forced the 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 uh, the, the didn't force it, but it's the merger. Uh, and he was the first and only one who you could sit there and say he guaranteed a victory. Everybody else is just copying him since all the means of times. But the very first one, I guarantee victory, and it came through. And to do that in the media market, that is New York City, which at the times, now it's diluted a bit, but it was a time when the New York Times, every American uh, 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 had access to a copy or was reading it because they, they led the nation in news and stories. And, so, and, and also there were 14 or 17-point underdogs in that Super Bowl. So it exactly. wasn't like he predicted a victory when they were favored. He predicted a victory for an upstart league um against the powerhouse people forget how good the That's baltimore right. colts were back then with um earl morrill and johnny and uh, johnny unitas <laughs> and tom maddie and rich caster and uh, rain berry and all these fun guys they had uh you know um bubba smith i think was on that team oh so, raymond berry's and those yeah so 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 you had guys there that were you know so you're right uh joe namath by numbers alone would not be in the Hall of Fame if he was a today player, but but Joe Namath playing under today's rules, he'd be like he's oh, he, he would have knee problems. His knees would be protected. His knees would be protected. His receiver, he, like he wouldn't have to worry about his receivers getting mugged. Um, you you know, know, and that brings up a good point. I didn't mention it, but as you were talking about Rob Gronkowski earlier, and you're saying, where, when I asked, where does he rank? I meant to say, where does he rank with modern day tight ends? Because of what you said, the game has changed. What people forget too, and something I've had a doctor explain to me to validate my belief. He goes, these guys get huge, but their joints are the same size once they're an adult. They right. don't grow. He goes, that's why these knee injuries, these broken elbows, that's why they can be so devastating because they're carrying around a lot of extra weight, you know, that they're not right. accustomed. So, so as big as Gronkowski was, and I'll never forget, it was one of his later injuries, and he's going down the seam, wide open, catches the ball like this, and then his knees literally get cut out from under, and he went right. down to pain. And the first thing I thought, yeah, those knees aren't as big as the, that leg muscle is. And I wasn't mocking yeah. him. Like, that's going to be a devastating injury. And uh, and uh, he's had too many of those. Uh, but today's player, while they're faster, bigger, stronger, and all the rules that protect them. You know what? There will be a fight, John, in the first two minutes of an NFL game back in the 40s because of how they played, the punching, the kicking. And the rest of they didn't say anything. I mean, they wouldn't last. The game, They would be thrown out of the game for getting up and arguing with the ref right away. So our players say better athletes. Uh, better players, but it was a different game back then. I, but I, I agree with you, but I think Gronkowski might be one of those guys that would have done well in any era, meaning that he was tough. Uh, he made tough catches. Uh, yeah, he benefited from today's rules for receivers, but he also was, you could tell he was a tough guy. He could take a hit. He had great hands. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was a different game back. I, I, you're right. I mean, he could have played there, but as injury prone as he was, he wouldn't have had to Like, I'm comparing him to, like, say, Dave Casper. I'm comparing him oh, to. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I you know, like uh, those this. guys. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, better than Dave Casper. Listen, he's probably, you know, who he's, you know who he's probably like to some extent? Mike Ditka. When Ditka played tight end, he was known not necessarily for being fast or anything, but he was a tough, hard nosed tight end make the tough catch and, you know, he held on to the ball and, 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 and Ditka was always hurt too. So, so it's the same thing. I think Gronkowski and Ditka might be those guys and Ditka's in the hall of fame as a, for, as a tight end. So um, maybe that's the comparison, but yeah, definitely. I think Gronkowski, if he's retired, good luck to him. Um, I think he's got a great career ahead of him as just a celebrity, just somebody who's always on Instagram and always showing up in uh, shows and videos and things like that. And but I definitely think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. No doubt in my mind, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, I can't remember whether it was Ditka or Butkus who got on Twitter like six months ago. And Butkus. It was, it was Butkus. Y'all, if y'all haven't followed it, I don't know if he's still doing it, but his first few tweets were just hilarious. Like the naive yeah. kid who got the keys of the car for the first time. Or just like an old man, get off my lawn, just screaming exactly. at everybody on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. it was entertaining. Yeah. So, John, another great episode. A couple of final questions. Or one more final question is, does he come back or not? Does he stay retired or not? What's your gut tell you? I think if the Bucks are making a Super Bowl run, you might 
hear Brady trying to talk him out of retirement. Other than that, I don't think he's coming back. I'm in agreement. I think if they make a Super Bowl run, he'll come back. Look, you can tell the guy's addicted to the limelight. And that, I'm not saying it in a bad or good way, but I mean, when you're young, a superstar, it's hard to leave that. Domestic issues, going broke, tend to follow people once they leave the sport, that right. sport. So uh, let's hope he comes back. Okay. Uh, Real quick, Big John, talk to us about your 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 latest interview because it is sports related with the big questions with Big John. Oh yeah, so this week the episode big question with Big John, uh, interview a, a great friend of both of ours actually, and he's an original uh, gangster when it comes to um, oh, that's OG, original that's OG, gangster. original gangster. <laughs> which by the way, he's old enough not to know what OG stood for. Uh, which he asked me during the show. What is OG? You keep calling me OG. What does OG mean? Uh, we're talking about Greg Kellogg. And if you don't know who Greg is, he's one of the founders of uh, our industry, really. He was a producer. He was the first digital producer at Fox Sports. He founded the uh, Fanex Leagues, the Fantasy Experts Leagues. He's worked for just about every magazine. He's written for just about every magazine. Uh, if you've known- well, Did he write for you? He wrote for Sports Grumblings. He was he was our first senior NFL writer after me after myself, um, and uh, he, great guy, a super guy. Much like yourself, he has a military background. Uh, he traveled the world, not just the country. Traveled the world. Um, so I'm not going to give his whole history. You could tune into the show for that. But uh, yeah, Greg Kellogg, uh, famous for Kellogg's comments. That's another one, both with K's. Um, that was his little hook back in the day. So yeah, yeah, check out this episode of the big question with big John featuring our good friend, uh, Mr. Greg Kellogg. And there's more, I mean, John talks to, 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 uh, I forget her name. She's a playboy model. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Deborah, Deborah model. Driggs, Deborah, Debbie Driggs, Deborah yeah. Driggs, a casting director of some major shows, married with children. One of my favorites, the Jeffersons. <laughs> I never missed that as a kid, Alice, uh, uh, the Jeffersons. And I can't remember there was another show. Yeah, If it was a sitcom in the seventies, Mark Hirschfeld probably did the casting for it. Um, and, uh, and I had, Eric, there's another Eric, yeah, personality. Eric, Eric Nagel, who was the producer of the Opie and Anthony show. I got to know him when I was doing my Sirius XM show. We became friends uh, because we used to broadcast from adjacent studios. Uh, we've stayed in touch over the years. So I asked him for an interview. He was more than gracious enough to provide that for me. Um, and our favorite Hall of Famer as well, Scotty Engel. And so Scott, Scotty John the King Engel, yeah. And guys, I'm excited. One would think, hey, where's, when do I get to interview people? I'm not like that. John is great at this. We're trying to line up some good people as a small company. A little bit more difficult, but we are persistent. So we will bring you more big questions with Big John. Right. And, and if you want bigger names for me to interview, you know how we get that done? You watch the show. Exactly. We, we build an audience. What's your URL, John? Uh, sportsgrumblings.com and, and just click on the podcast links. You'll see it. The big questions with Big John. You could also find us on uh, Apple Podcasts or, uh, you know, iTunes. Uh, search for it there. We have the Sports Grumblings channel where you find this show as well. You can find the big uh, questions with Big John. So check us out. I love doing it and hopefully you guys will enjoy watching it. We love doing it too, Big John. And with that, America, it's been a wonderful evening, a little different podcast, but we got to talk to tough subjects. And that's what the libertarian pushes this conservative into doing. So good night, America. Bones and notches to y'all. <laughs>